Daggum. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Well Daggum podcast, where by the end of the show, we hope to have you saying, Well Daggum, I learned something today. Thank you to all my listeners out there who've been uh, liking and subscribing and sharing and commenting on the posts on the social media networks out there on the interwebs, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for being a part of that. Uh, make sure, if you're not a part of that, to get out there and like and follow and subscribe to the different platforms we have. We we share something funny every once in a while, or we'll share something of asking a question, or we'll just share the episode coming out. We don't put too much out there because I don't want to bug you too much with all the rigmarole of social media like it is anyway. But uh, we appreciate you for being a part. Uh, if you're not listening on iTunes... Um, don't worry about this, but if you are listening on iTunes, make sure to go to the page where you find the, our, uh, I don't know what you'd call, where you find our podcast title and, uh, try to go down and rate and review. You can give it five stars or down to one star and you can actually leave a little review of saying what you think about the show so other people can know what to expect if they read the reviews before they start listening. So leave a little fun review so it helps me get some more listeners out there. I would really appreciate that. Um... Let's see, what else do we got on the table? Um, a lot of crazy stuff going on that right now um, with the whole COVID-19 or coronavirus or the beer flu, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, ripping through the world right now. And it's uh, it's been a little scary at points in times. We've had some people we know get sick that seems like they might have it, and we've known of a lot of deaths of folks that have been dealing with this and uh it's a pretty serious thing even though some people think it's not and tonight on the show we want to bring to light all the seriousness of what it really is about um uh, last episode uh, you know we had my my lovely wife miss kelly on and had her talk about anything but the coronavirus so that she could have a little break from dealing with it because in her profession, she is an infectious disease specialist who deals with this stuff um, and so knows how to research it a little bit better um, and how to look things up on the CDC website better than the average Joe uh, or the average Jill. Um, so after uh, much demand, I had her back again this week so that we could actually talk about the COVID-19 uh, because there was lots of guests out there that that don't have the privilege that I do to just look over and say, hey, honey, what do you think about this? Uh, and she can give her professional opinion. Uh, for whatever I, that's worth. <laughs> for whatever that's worth. And so uh, I forget that I take that for granted, and there's a lot of people that don't have that uh, ability to look over at their spouse and ask what their professional opinion is. So... Tonight, we're going to do a questionnaire, uh, put it out on the social media platforms for people to ask their questions that they want to know, uh, those that don't want to bug Kelly and those that uh, just don't have the ability to have someone to ask. And so we're going to ask her these questions tonight, and she's going to try to answer them to the utmost of her ability. And it's more like a pop quiz. <laughs> I was trying to read them to you earlier, but you didn't want to hear it. You wanted it to be fresh and new, so you got to get taken off guard and get to say... <laughs> So what hopefully pops I don't give head. you wrong information. <laughs> well, that's the thing about practicing medicine. You are practicing. It's the art of medicine. Yes. So it's not uh, a precise science. I guess it is in most parts, but for the most part, you're practicing a lot of medicine. What we do is not necessarily scientifically based. Right. It's not so, evidence-based per se. Yeah. And that's what people forget sometimes. Um so you don't have to take it to the bank, but you're going to have a better opinion than uh, 
than your Aunt Cheryl, who is uh, just saying, well, I heard this on Facebook. <laughs> Luckily, I don't have an Aunt Cheryl. <laughs> I know. I was saying it. I was like, does she have an Aunt No, she doesn't. She doesn't have an Aunt Cheryl. I was just trying to use a random name, so that worked out good. Which is pretty good, because I have a lot of aunts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do, too. I've got a lot of the same ones, but I know my name, so I, I keep those to myself. Um, but, yeah, let's go ahead and kick this off, Miss Kelly. Excuse me. Tonight, we'll refer to you as... Uh, Dr. Macaulay or Dr. Williams, which would you prefer? <laughs> You're Dr. Macaulay first, but then I changed that to Dr. Williams. Uh, we'll just call you Doc. I don't care. Okay, I'll, I'll call you Doc. Whatever you want to call me. I'll call you Doc for the night. Dr. Macaulay sounds way cooler, I have to admit. I like my name, but Macaulay over Williams. <laughs> I don't go by Dr. Macaulay anymore. <laughs> right. But, you know, some it people... Took, it took a act of Congress for me to get that changed. <laughs> so. so, a little bit proud of getting, getting that over with. <laughs> right. All right. Well, uh, let's just jump right into things. Uh, so we had uh, question polls put out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, and I've had a few replies to a few different ones. And so I'm just going to start with the first one I put into my notes here, and this is from the Kentucky Hot Brown Boys, uh, another podcast that I'm a part of and uh, some good friends of mine now. And their actual first, it was the first good question I got. I got a few silly ones, uh, but this is the first real medical question. And it says, are things going as expected? Um, that's a good question uh, because, you know, with a pandemic, you're, you're never really sure of how it's supposed to go, ex- you know, particularly since this is a new disease, right. like we've never had this before. And so, um, you know, I, I think things could always be better. Um, I You know, it's interesting kind of seeing what we're seeing in the U.S. as compared to like China. Um, like the demographics have changed a little bit. Um, In China, you know, the people who were the sickest were over age 65, typically, and they had a lot of medical comorbidities or a lot of other medical problems. And so, you know, here in the U.S., we've seen um, a lot more younger folk um, and not necessarily as sick. Um, I mean, what I'm saying is like not they don't really have any medical problems and so, you know, up to 40% of our cases, at least, I mean, these were the numbers that I saw like earlier this week, um, you know, are being hospitalized, which is, you know, more than what they saw in China. And right. so I don't think that we understand why that is. Right. Um, I think it's a little early still to tell um, if our shut everything down Um um, quarantining, you know, the social distancing is working. Um, it's, it's just a little too early to tell right. because the people who are exposed this week are the ones who test positive next week. Yeah. So, um, you know, it seems like it's a, it's kind of a combination of testing as many people as you can. And then I, you know, in particular isolating those people. Yeah. Um, and so that's, really the key. And so the U.S. has really been behind on uh, making sure that we have enough testing for everybody. Right. Uh, we were really behind on it. And I think uh, we've ramped up testing and now we're starting to get results back a little bit faster. Because when you know, you know, you can go back and do what we call contact investigation and kind yeah. of isolate, you know, all of those people and monitor them really closely. And just basically recording more information uh, than before, because it was just you hear it from a distance and you're not recording anything down. And then it's like, oh, we need to record this because we need to know what's happening. 
but in where it's all around the world, that's like you said, totally different demographics. And yeah. It changes everything when it goes from a different continent. So, yeah. And I think like the U.S., um, at least um, Dr. Fauci, the um, the NIH director, uh, the one that you see in all of Trump's uh, press conferences. Yeah. Um, you know, he was saying that one thing that we really did right was to um, not allow or um, to close our our borders kind right. of at the very beginning. Yeah. And so at least the talk that I've heard is that Italy didn't do that. And so they're having way more kind severe. of the cat was already out of the bag. Yeah. And so um, which is why they've had such um, terrible numbers. But yeah. I don't know. I think it's still too early to tell. I mean, U.S. I don't know. I'm sure you've seen it on social media, kind of the infection rates um, where you see kind of the, the U.S. is trending and you see kind of like Italy's numbers yeah. and the trajectory or the slope of our line, um, meaning the number of new infections over time, um, is about the same slope as Italy right now. So, um which is scary because you see kind of South Korea um, where they tested everybody and, you know, all of the people in their country, you know, have been through this before with things like SARS and, um, you know, just some of the other infections. So they, you know, really listen to their government. Yeah, they've dealt that before and they're like, OK, we're not playing around. They don't like, mess around. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they weren't really able to, um, you know, kind of flatten their they're a curve. Right. So. Well, that, that was question number one. Uh, <laughs> uh, so hopefully that answered your question, uh, Jerry and Dusty and Tim. and all It's a strong, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, question number two. And, and I wrote, I just copied these over from comments on uh, social media, so I might have to re-say them a little bit. But so how bad is it uh, in the hospitals? Like, obviously, we're watching the news, but I've heard that a lot more people are dying uh, than they are telling us because they haven't been tested. So how bad is it in the hospitals as far as, like, overrunness? Because everybody's saying they don't want it to be overrun, so try to stay away so you don't get sick, so you don't have to overwhelm the hospitals. How bad is it in the hospitals? Well, I think that there are uh, various epicenters kind of throughout our country. So Seattle was one epicenter. So they've had a lot of um, infections there. And so anytime you have a lot of infections, you know, all at once, you know, um, the stats are that 80 percent have mild or um, no symptoms. Okay. Um, about 15% are hospitalized, meaning that they have, you know, like pneumonia type symptoms. Mm-hmm. And then 5% of the, or, and then 5% are like critically ill, like okay. needing to be on a ventilator. And so, um, you know, um, in some places, these numbers are, are doubling, you know, every um, day or two. And so, you know, when you start talking about thousands of people and then 5%, um, you know, needing uh, an ICU bed, uh, yeah. you know, kind of all at once, and we, ha- we have a finite number of ventilators and yeah. ICU beds. And so I would say in places like Seattle and New York and California, it's it's a bad situation. Right. I mean, they are um, at least um, – from some of my colleagues, you know, are saying that they're they are out of um, the personal protective equipment or PPE, 
and they um, are just overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, there are not, you know, enough ventilators for people. Um, and so I, I think that the numbers are fairly accurate, though. Yeah. I think all of these, um, well, I say that, but they've probably under-tested some people. But I think once you've seen, um, you know, a few of these cases, you can pretty much, you know, tell who has it. Yeah. Because they present clinically um, a certain way. And okay. so, um, so I, you know, I, I think probably the numbers that we're getting now are, are pretty accurate. Okay. But I think definitely, um, you know, there are some parts of the countries that are being hit really hard. Right. Um, like New York. And so, yeah, I, their and hospital so, systems are overwhelmed. So for our cities like Cincinnati and stuff like that, for us to start taking these precautions is... Uh, well, precautionary because of what the larger cities have had. Like you said, the epicenters where they've had it hit hard. It's yeah. helping us be more prepared when they sit the tents up outside for testing or when they, you know, have it set up so you can. Yeah, it's, it, it kind of buys us some more time. <clears throat> right. So, um, so you know, now we have the ability, you know, we're trying to get the ability to do more in-house testing yeah. so that we can um, do it on our own and not have to send it to a send-out lab. And right. that really decreases turnaround time. Yeah. Um, it allows us, yeah, to make more PPE um, just to kind of buy us more time. But, you know, I, um, it wouldn't surprise me if this time next week, you know, hospitals here in our area are overwhelmed. Right. Uh, because that's just, you know, how infectious this virus is. Well, and that kind of leads into question number three, who, who actually came from the same household of the, the bot door. So that was that question. And the, sec the third question is going to be around the same. It says, how quickly can something like this evolve or get worse? Like if they came up with a vaccine today, would it still work in a year? Is it worse? Is it a worse strain now than they had in China in the beginning? Um, I don't think that we know that yet. I right. think, I think this is probably around or, um, is here to stay. I think that um, that I, that I, you know, will it'll probably take several months to a year before we have a vaccine. I think um, eventually, you know, by the time my kids are adults, you know, it'll probably be like a common cold yeah. and just one of the um, colds kind of circulating. Not, not like the Dennis Hoffman outbreak that we watched the other day when it was no. like, it went airborne within 48 hours. Yeah, that, I try to tell you, that's a hemorrhagic virus. <laughs> and this is just a, an And airborne. that one was created by no, the not government. Not airborne, but yeah. droplet. Um, Which it's also been a question, you know, was this man-made? And I was like, ah. Uh, no. Yeah. No. I mean, so um, Josh and I went to Washington D.C. for the uh, big ID convention last whoop, whoop. year. Whoop. Yep. Um, it, it's it was the um, it's called ID Week. Yeah. And infectious so, Disease Week. And so, so um, she brought me along of, to show me off. I'm like, check <laughs> this out. This is a case study. <laughs> Been working on it for five years now. Uh, and <laughs> well, they had um, a speaker who was talking about the next big um, pandemic epidemic, and you know he spoke. Uh, you know, he dreamed up something exactly like this, say, saying that, you know, it would be what we call an RNA virus. It would be um, probably what we call zoonotic or coming from an animal. Yeah. And it would mix with, you know, one of the viruses that that we have um, and, and it mutates, you know, fairly rapidly. Yeah. And so that that's why I think that, um, 
you know, it might be something that we have yearly, like you get your flu shot, but then you also get your yearly coronavirus shot. Yeah. I don't know. And, and like with the flu shot, every year it's a little bit different because it's a guess because you don't know what right. it's mutated into this year. So they're trying to do their best to look forward and make the best vaccine they can for that year. And right. that's it could possibly be that way with the coronavirus uh, is what is basically what you're getting at. Like it, it could by the time our kids are grown up, or by the time we're older, it could be something as the common cold. Yeah, so it's like probably the, not going away. Yeah, like the 1918 influenza. Um, you know, that was another. Um, it was a like a bird flu that mixed in with. Um, with the the strains that circulate in humans and so it was uh, an antigen um, strain that we had never seen before or at least our immune system had never seen before and so anytime it's something new like that and our bodies aren't familiar with it um, you know it can really cause issues and then this virus is uh, you know more infectious than the flu and so on average um, for every one person that's infected you know they can infect you know three people Um, and so maybe more than that we don't necessarily know nailed down yet but yeah. with the flu, you were saying it's one to two. Right. So, like, when the flu it's, season's coming around, for every one person that gets infected, two people generally get infected from that one person. Right. And whereas this is adding an extra person. Right. But, but you know, and then there's also a flu vaccine, so right. that, you know, lowers the likelihood of yeah. you getting it. And your body has seen, you know, these different uh, versions of the flu before, so, so it typically doesn't cause as severe of an infection. Right. Um, but when it's something new like this, um, kind of all, all bets are off. Um, these are good answers. I'm enjoying this. Um, question number four is, if we flatten the curves uh, and social distancing eases up, are we still in the woods until uh, a proven or working vaccine is uh, circulate in circulation? Do I need to read that again? I said that really poorly. Um, no, I, I think I got the gist. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, really the the reason why, we, um, so sh- we're, why we're doing this, what we call mitigation strategy, where we're socially distancing mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to slow um, the spread of the infection, yeah. is to not overwhelm our healthcare systems. Okay. So that's really the reason why we do it. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, we don't want people to get it, but, um, you know, we you know it's pretty infectious so there you know a lot of people are going to are get going it. to get it yeah. but if you and can it's s- not a death sentence as of now it can be if you're very sick and things like that and so it's good to not be terrified of getting it because it's like the flu just about every one of us have had the flu at one point in our life and this is one of those things it's like you're probably going to get it eventually but it doesn't have to be terrifying. They're like, oh, no, I've got the COVID. I'm going down. Like, no, you're going to be sick. And hopefully it doesn't get worse. But, you know, if you are currently sick or have pre-existing conditions, try harder to stay away from folks so you don't get it and stay clean and bathe frequently and brush your teeth and just have good hygiene. Yeah, like nowadays, um, like the uh death rate from inf- from like something like influenza is like 0.1% to where something like you know um covid yeah. depending on whose numbers you use like south korea's or um 
you know, versus China's is like, you know, one to 2%. Yeah, I think so. it's pronounced in China. <laughs> Sorry, that was a Trump thing. Uh, uh, so you're, you're so serious. I've got to try to make it a little lighthearted somewhere here and there. Um, question number five. If you get the virus, is it something that can reoccur or is it a one and done kind of disease? Um, I, that's a good question. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't have a lot of answers for these. I just well, think... no, you have more answer. You have more educated answers than we can give. Because if we if people could ask me, and I'll give them an answer, but it's not going to be more educated. So you know, you're you, you've got more than we've got. So give us what you got. <laughs> well, I think like the you know like this year, one you know once you get it, it's unlikely for you to get it again. Um, and. But I do, um, you know, but in coming years, kind of as it mutates, or um, I, I think you are at risk for getting again, probably, you know, more mild, it would yeah. probably be a more mild infection. So kind of looking at it like the flu, like once you get the flu once in the year, you're generally not going to get it that, again that year, but it's going to mutate into the next year, possibly. Right. This is all information with a grain of salt. You know, it's practicing medicine, like we said before. So don't go, well, I heard, well, they told me this and this is what's going to happen. Like, no, this is an And also this guess. information changes every day. Every I mean, day. I, I have, you know, a new policy in my email every five minutes. Okay. Well, I believe that question actually came from Cousin Beth. So uh, that last question there, I believe that was one of hers. Question number six. Here we go. How will the CDC figure out when the virus is no longer a threat? Once the uh, restrictions are lifted, and hopefully we all have a full summer, is it possible for it to regain strength once fall comes? Um, yes, I, uh, that's another good question. Um, yes, that was, that I, was also from Beth. She's still <laughs> has some good ones tonight. Um, yeah, I, it, it is a possibility that um, you know, kind of after we lift all of these restrictions, that um, we get a surge of you know, pockets of, um, you know, more infection. Yeah. Um, what was the, <laughs> it said, how will the CDC figure out when the virus is no longer a threat? Okay. Once the restrictions are lifted, uh, is it, and is it possible for it to regain strength once fall comes? Um, so I, I think, you know, a lot of it's going to have to do with, um, you know, the number of people who are testing positive. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they'll probably use that data, you know, to determine, you know, when things can be lifted. Because like in China, I saw just on the news tonight that um, they've lifted a lot of the restrictions in uh, throughout China. People are now like going to the zoos and stuff. Yeah. And so, and a lot of that stems from the reports that uh, they haven't had any new cases over the past like couple of days. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question number seven. If people test positive for the COVID-19, what type of mask should they be using if they need to go out into public? Um, I think just a surgical mask, which is, um, you know, just the the mask that you see everybody wear that they just tie in the back of their... Like a little square piece Yeah, of like the little cloth. square. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, even like um, healthcare workers um, who were who test positive, yeah. but they have no symptoms. Like we're telling them that they can go to work, yeah. uh, but they have to wear a surgical mask. Yeah, Cause it's keeping any particles that come out of their mouth into the mask as opposed mouth to flying out. Yeah. Right. Um, 
So, so with those, uh, this isn't on the list, but this is my thought of those that are people are making masks and sending them to people for use. Those would be working just as well as far as, um, using their own cloth that they have from their fabric store type of deal, or does it need to be a specific type that's actually going to catch things? If you have confirmed COVID virus, you, uh, you should not, I'm sorry, confirm, confirm COVID disease. Um, you know, you should use a surgical mask. Okay, an actual approved an surgical actual mask. An actual approved surgical mask. Not something mask. you made at the house. Right. Which, you know, it's something, but it's not CDC approved where it's going to be like, no, this is going to help stop stuff from Yeah, spreading. yeah, I think... Because um, it's a good thought, and it's like, oh, I can make this. It's like, well, that's good, but... So they did a study, like, looking at a surgical mask versus a mask that someone had made and they looked at infection rates uh, for influenza. Yeah. And so they found that the people who wore the um, homemade mask had more infections Mm. um, than the people who wore the surgical mask. Uh, But they didn't have like a group of just people who didn't wear a mask. So I don't know how that compares. Wasn't it a good study possible? (laughs) One of the things that they – I, I do not have COVID. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, like, don't worry. I'm going to change the, the filter, pop filter on the mic. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, one of the things they did say is that wearing a surgical mask reduces the likelihood of you touching your face. Yeah, because it's uh, in the way. That's which good. is helpful. Yeah. Well, that's handy. Uh, that was actually from our good friend Cynthia from uh, all the way up from Alaska. And she probably won't even listen to this. <laughs> but thanks for the question. <laughs> uh, question number eight. Is it true that using saline nasal spray could reduce the chances of contracting the virus? Um, no, I've not seen any, any data to support that. Right. Although, you know, I, I would say, you know, just keeping yourself hydrated and keeping your nasal passages um, moist, you know, might be um, like, you know, somewhat protective. Yeah. I, I don't know. But we don't have any studies that, that say that that's protective. Because proper hygiene also goes along with just being healthy, eating healthy foods, keeping your blood pressure down, all of that different stuff of being healthy. Uh, even working out, I would assume, probably helps your, well, just the same way with the flu and colds, you know, keeping your immune system built up and, and doing things to be healthy. It all comes into play with not catching a disease. Yeah. So. Like zinc is one of the things that, that have been shown to be protective against other colds, not ne- right. not specifically COVID, but... Um. So that, that oh, was, the other thing I would say is gargling. The, the, I was getting ready uh, to bring this up. Um, there's been a couple falsities on <laughs> Facebook. Imagine that. I, I was going to word it out. So funny too, and you, you jumped again. Uh, uh, okay, sorry. I'll let no, you. I'll let you do but it. But no, what she was getting ready to say, and what she is getting into, is there's a lot of folks sharing different things on Facebook, and, and that's good. That's what social media is for: is to share things and get it out there. But just because something looks official and it sounds good. Always check where the source comes from. Uh, and just like she was saying, there was a, a post that was going around that if you click on it, it said uh, it had a picture with a cool uh, virus thing on a guy's throat and said, 
if you <laughs> if you're starting to get a scratchy throat, gargle warm water with salt in it or uh, vinegar, and it will cure the disease. And people were sharing this like crazy, and it was driving me insane because I was sitting here with my wife who knows better. Because when you click on the link, it just brings up the exact same picture as far as its data is or as far as its research goes. So there's no data or no research that shows that that is anything. It's just showing the same picture. So, and that being said, where do we need to go on the internet to make sure that we're finding real stuff, Miss Kelly? Or, so, excuse me, Doc? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I tell people the CDC has is a really good um, Which is CD, website. CDC.gov. Is it .org it's, or .gov? It's www.cdc.gov. Okay. So go there if you have a question. You don't necessarily have to write into the podcast to ask Miss Kelly or Doc Kelly, excuse uh, me. You can text me. It's Doc McCauley. Well, I mean, yeah, you can. Or message but me. But I'm saying, but we can do our own research. We don't have to rely on asking yeah. someone all the time. You well, can actually just, go and look up. Just drop a, a truth bomb here. Like, not everything you read on the internet is true, there folks. There we go. <laughs> so, yeah, there was somebody else who was posting things about... Um, if you had a severe cold back in November or December for that lasted two weeks, it was probably COVID. And that is not true. It was yeah. not in this country <laughs> in November and December. It was it had barely just been in, um, you know, China and in, right. in Wuhan like they didn't officially declare it until the end of December. So it was not in the U.S. at that time. You did not have COVID previously. Right. Yeah. So so just because it looks cool or it looks um, it looks legit, uh, do a little bit of research. Don't just start sharing that stuff because then other people believe it because it seems like knowledgeable stuff and we don't take the time to research things. So if you do need to text us or call us or message us on through the platforms of social media, go ahead and do that. I'll run it by the doctor who knows a little bit better than us. And they can possibly look it up on the CDC website, just like you. And But, you know, Doc Kelly, she, she knows how to get to that a little easier. So she could probably find what she's looking for as opposed to us and, aimlessly looking through the CDC website. And don't be offended if I call you out and say that this is false news. <laughs> it is one of her greater joys in the afternoon to debunk uh, Facebook posts. So yeah. I just I, I don't want to be responsible for misinformation. Right. Fake news. <laughs> yeah. Because I think it, you know, promotes hysteria and yeah. um, just causes undue panic. And it's silly because, you know. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you being on, Doc Kelly. Uh, I'm going to switch you back over to Miss Kelly because I like that better. <laughs> and now that we're done with the doctor talk. um but thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and the things that you've been, uh, let's see, things that you've been passionately passionately studying and uh, looking into and what your most of your career of your life has been a part of. Um, and now uh, you're, you're floating to the surface. You're, you're, it's your time to shine because we're going through a crisis that that kind of thing's needed. <laughs> It compared to the coal miner who became a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> I'll send you my bill, Mr. Josh. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'll, uh, I'll pay for it in due time. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, thank you to the listeners out there that have sent in your questions. I uh, hope that we answered them to the, what you were looking for. Gave you a little bit better information. Good questions, guys. Uh, yeah, it's a great job. Sorry, out there, I didn't listeners. have a lot of answers. Yeah, very good job out there. We really appreciate you throwing those out. Um, I felt that you did great. 
Uh, I hope that they felt so as well. Uh, and like we said, if you want a message to the show and you do have a question like this, I can run it by her and get back to you through the show's uh, webpage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So just hit us up there if you're following. Uh, if you have a serious question or if you have a goofy question, I'll answer either. Um, if it's goofy, I'll answer it. If it's serious, I'll send it to her. But um, Matt, my answer was gorilla bear. <laughs> a gorilla bear or koala bear? What'd you say? Oh, a, what do I say? A grizzly bear. Yeah, because the the first question, <laughs> grizzly, the sorry. first question when I posted to social media says, "What is the best bear?" And I said, "Brown." Next question, and you were meaning polar bear. No, I meant grizzly. Grizzly sorry. bear. Well, it's a brown bear. Grizzly is kind of the brown. No, bear. there's a difference. There is a difference. That's true. After I said it, I was like, "Dang, it, she's gonna call me out on it." At least you didn't say gorilla bear. Yeah, gorilla bear. That would be a very cool bear. It's the cough medicine talking. <laughs> And the kids are upstairs hollering for us. So I think we're going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for being on the show. I hope we answered your questions, everybody. And uh, I guess above all else, stay healthy and stay hygienic. And uh, we're going to get through this crisis, y'all. And uh, thanks for being on the show, Miss Kelly. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk to you next time. 